What's up, everyone? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Bucks as the countdown continues towards Giannis versus Jokic, Greece versus Serbia in a couple of days' time. Of course, we'll talk about that a little bit. And uh, naturally, we're talking about Kevin Durant today. The Bucks made a couple of inquiries into potentially uh, a trade for Kevin Durant. That's interesting. We need to talk about that. But now it seems that Kevin Durant is staying in Brooklyn, at least for the start of the season. So how fearful should Bucks fans be about the Brooklyn Nets? We're going to discuss that. Uh, and then Camille has uh, a statement to make about household names. Uh, we'll get to that at the end of the podcast. Let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show uh, Monday to Friday. I also find my work over at ESPN alongside me in the Technical Foul podcast on this podcast at least once a week as well, Camille Davis. Uh, and as always, we thank you for making Lockdown Bucks your first listen or first watch of every day. And on our last episode, Camille, we discussed Giannis, the continued injury talk and the continued debate, strong feedback from our friends, uh, particularly in Greece, that there is nothing to worry about. They're not concerned at all. They believe they're just looking after him. Uh, So that's good. I mean, that's obviously what we're hoping for here. Uh, But the big news of today, and by the way, actually, before I get to that, uh, what time is it? We're recording this at uh, 9.25 p.m. Milwaukee time on Tuesday night. What time does that make that in Greece, Camille? Oh, boy, you're testing me. Okay, so <laughs> Greece is eight hours ahead. Mm-hmm. So so it's 5.25 in the morning in Greece. I learned something today, everybody. Well, that's exactly right. And the reason why is because we were both fumbling around trying to figure this out. Because I'm trying to work out Australia time, but also understand Milwaukee time, but then also know Greek time. So this game against Serbia, World Cup qualifier in Belgrade, 25th of August. So we're talking this Thursday, uh, I believe, 9 p.m. tip-off Greek time, which makes it a 1 p.m. tip-off Thursday for our friends in Wisconsin. And for me, it means a 4 a.m. tip-off on Friday morning. Uh, So... As I mentioned, uh, look, I'm a terrible sleeper. I don't sleep either way. So I may as well get up and watch it and not kid myself that I'm going to be sleeping at that time in the morning. But we're very excited. I think Giannis continues to put photos up on social media. So we assume that he'll be playing. Is there any chance you can do something with work to watch this game at 1 p.m. in the afternoon? You know, that's that's hard. And if it was a day I was working from home, I would have a yes. lot more flexibility <laughs> to be able to have it on the screen, of but course. I'm I'm in the office on Thursday, so I might try to see if I can like have my phone set up to the side with the volume down. Yes, um, to check that out because that that game should be really fun to watch. It will be. Uh, what did you make of and Kevin Durant? Now we'll get to it. 
looks like he's going to be staying in Brooklyn for the start of the season. It's a hilarious situation. We can get into that. Uh, were you at all surprised that Shams said that the Bucks made a couple of calls regarding Kevin Durant? Now, I, I want to preface this by saying um, all my friends think I'm crazy uh, mm-hmm. because I was like, I wouldn't want Katie here mm-hmm. uh, for what is what be given up for him. But no, I don't think that it's a surprise that the Bucks were calling. I feel like every GM in the league probably called Brooklyn at some point or another just to see what the package was because you never know. Who knows what you could get for KD at this point. But um, after that Rudy Gobert trade, it definitely did mess up the trade market, uh, inflate some some prices, I would say. So it doesn't surprise me uh, that KD wasn't traded, given what Brooklyn was apparently asking for, nor does it surprise me that the Bucks picked up the phone to call. I feel like if we weren't one of the teams that called and we were the only one who didn't, that's like bad GMing. Like that's just bad practice at this point. You have to call and see what the package could be for a player like Kevin Durant. So you say that potentially you wouldn't be overly interested in having Kevin Durant in Milwaukee, and there's going to be reasons for that. Uh, clearly, everyone just looks at it simply and says, well, Giannis and Kevin Durant, how can you possibly lose? That makes sense to me. So why? what are the reasons for you that you look at this and say, I don't think that this would be worth really <laughs> going through with based on where the Bucks are right now as a, as a team? So for me, it was similar to the reasons that I had where I said if I was the GM of the Boston Celtics, I also would not pull the trigger to get Kevin Durant. You know already that you have a team that's capable of winning a championship. As constructed right now, it's a contending team. Um, And then when you throw KD in there, also he's a little bit older. He's 34. Um, There's always an injury with KD. Every year it seems like for some portion of the season he's going to miss it, uh, which is unfortunate. And on top of that, too, although he is an all-world talent on the court, as we've seen throughout his career, um, when it comes to his like mentality and just his mindset, he might be happy to be in Milwaukee for that first year, but he very well might want out the very next year. And then you're giving up all these assets for what? For a, a superstar who's a little bit moody in the sense of where he's like, okay, I'm, I'm not happy here anymore. This isn't suiting what I wanted. I don't want to do that. So that whole dynamic of his locker room presence and just how he might be in one day and out the next day. I wasn't too on board with that. And on top of that, I feel like to get Katie, you'd have to give up Middleton. Um, And although I know Middleton is a very controversial figure for most people, most people like, Hey, Katie is an upgrade from, you know, K mid. I think about the chemistry that Middleton has with Giannis, how much Middleton means to Giannis. And at the end of the day, what I'm trying to do, if I'm the GM, is make sure Giannis wants to stay here. For some reason, I just I just couldn't see Giannis being on board with trading Middleton for KD, just given their relationship, what they've been able to build here. Um, so it just it just didn't seem like the right move to me to make. So I think if the phone call went down, I think the phone call would have gone something like this: John Horst picks up the phone, calls uh, Sean Marks, and says, "Look, we're pretty interested in Kevin Durant here," and he says, "That's great." Uh, let's so we'll take Giannis. John John Horst would have said, "Well, that's not going to happen," and then they would have spoken about what the weather's like in New Zealand this time of year, and that probably would have been it. I I don't know whether the conversation would have gone much further than that. We'll get into that in a little bit more because if you are talking about people that or players and assets that the Bucks could potentially trade, just because Kevin Durant thinks that he's going to be there now, 
let's be honest. There is a high percentage chance that things are a little rocky through the season and maybe this becomes news again. So uh, we'll mm-hmm. get to that in a second. We're going to talk about NHTSA. Uh, it's a pretty uh, important message here. So you're hanging out with some friends and you're putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Uh, but then you think you live nearby. You think you can make it home. I've been around friends that think this as well. This happens all the time. It happens every weekend. They think, what are the odds that they'll get pulled over? Uh, and uh, even if they do, what's the worst that could happen? Their insurance will go up. They'll lose their license, lose their job, total the car, uh, and perhaps most importantly, potentially hurt uh, or kill someone. So everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel. And let's be honest, everyone's made some silly decisions after they've had a few drinks, and this is one of the worst you can make. So uh, it can happen really easily. And uh, you just have to uh, be a bit smarter. Make make the right decisions. If you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, so who could the Bucks even potentially put in a trade? And this is why I don't take this seriously at all. Yeah. But just for this theoretical situation, so you mentioned Chris Milton, so it's highly likely, well, not highly likely, if you're putting this together, you probably have to have one of Chris Milton and Drew Holiday, potentially both, and then there might be some other yeah, role players coming back. Mm-hmm. As far as draft picks, the Bucks don't have a draft pick that is completely their own untouched 28, 29, 30. So you're talking about... Uh, draft picks that are a long way down the road in terms of first-round draft picks. That's another reason why they're not really in the mix. And then, even if you could somehow con them into some sort of trade where you think it's a Middleton and you think it's whoever else it is, these future draft picks, they're going to want Bochamp. They're going to want whatever other decent Mm -hmm. players you have. Uh, So I think in the end, with everything that you've described about the age of Kevin Durant, uh, the recent health concerns of Kevin Durant, uh, the fact that chances are high that he doesn't want to be there in 12 months. <laughs> I just think that the easiest way to describe it is clearly if you have a happy and bought in Kevin Durant alongside Giannis, the ceiling and the, the chances of winning a title feel like they're, it feels like a, a, a greater path to winning a title. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but the room for error just seems to to widen significantly because we've spoken about this Bucks team in terms of the fact that there's no drama, the fact that, uh, they are a contender and are going to be a perennial contender because everyone knows that everyone's happy. Everyone just plays their role. The biggest question mark is health. And that's why, as it stands right now, they're the second favorite for the title. So uh, as much as the idea is nice in a 2K kind of way, Camille, it, does, it doesn't feel like it would potentially be the smartest business move, even if it was possible. Yeah, I definitely agree with all of that. And like I said, I know I'm in the minority. I'm very clear yeah, before no everybody comes to me in the comments. I'm me sure too, everybody yeah. else would trade Chris Middleton for KD if it was possible. But outside of the fact of what I talked about, to your point, I didn't even let myself think about getting into the Kevin Durant sweepstakes because I was like, there's no package the Bucks could really realistically give that would beat out some of the other possible packages that yeah. could be on the market. Yeah. So I didn't even let myself really even think about it. I'm like, we don't have the draft picks. We don't, like, we have Middleton, but he's also, I mean, he's, what, 30, 31 now? So it's like, would you rather have Chris Middleton or Jalen Brown if that's on the table? Or yeah, Scottie, why would the Nets do it? 
like, you know, exactly. And that too. So I was like, I just didn't let myself even fall into the idea of KD coming here. And I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. So I'm glad that it worked out the way that it did. Uh, because at this point in my Bucks fandom, the way I feel is just kind of like, I like our chances against anybody. Not saying that we're a perfect team. I am just saying that we have a shot against anybody any night. So we're playing Brooklyn, roll out the ball. I want to see the game. And as a basketball fan, with as much parody as there is in the league right now, like this is just fun time to be a fan of the sport. Like, yes, I'm happy that KD decided to stay in Brooklyn because now Brooklyn is still, you know, a contending team, so to speak. And it doesn't, you know, weaken anyone else. Everybody else is still coming back full of strength. So the matchup should be really fun. So, and again, to be, we say all this, but we are very much, we don't need anyone to tell us that Kevin Durant is better than Chris Milton. We understand no. that. It's not about that. Clearly, Kevin Durant, you know, people will have their own rankings, you know, behind Giannis, in our opinion, who's the best player in the world. But Kevin Durant's clearly right there, particularly if he's healthy. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I will say, and this now we move forward to the Nets, because the question I have for you is then with Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, you know, Curry, Joe Harris is back healthy. Uh, TJ Warren, I guess they picked up. There's a question mark there. Uh, are the Nets a team to be fearful of now? Because as I said, I don't believe that this is now all of a sudden sorted and it's all happy days for everyone and everyone's going to walk away and it's going to be totally fine because it was only two weeks ago that it came out that he wanted the coach and the GM fired or he wasn't coming back. So clearly, if you're Steve Nash, you're thinking, well, I don't know how as a human you can just say, no, I don't care about that. That's totally fine. Uh, so I, I don't think that it's going to be perfectly happy over there. But we did see last year with Kevin Durant, even if he wasn't necessarily happy with the situation, when he was healthy, he was absolutely dominant. So yeah. there should be no questions of, of the standard that he's going to play to for this team. So are you scared of the Nets? I'm not scared of the Nets. Uh, I'm not scared of anybody uh, in the East at all. So there we go. Looking at Brooklyn, <laughs> when I look at Brooklyn, though, I, I do think Brooklyn's going to be a really, really good team. I'm not yes. saying like we're going to sweep Brooklyn in, in the regular season, or if we saw them in the playoffs, it'd be a sweep or anything like that. I want to make that very clear. I don't think any of this is going to be easy. I just think that we also have a very talented team. And when you look at Brooklyn, uh, they still don't really have any rim protection, which I guess in this NBA is necessarily like you don't have to battle too many big bodies anymore. But if Nick Claxton is the the last line of defense there in, in Brooklyn, thinking about Giannis and, and even Drew Holiday um, and just being able to get to the rim, if they can use Brooke Lopez in that way down low, um, it doesn't it doesn't phase me too much. But I think they're going to be a good team having Kyrie, KD, Ben Simmons, uh, you know, Joe Harris, they even got Royce O'Neal over there now. Uh, like they have some good, like it's a good team in Brooklyn for sure. For sure. I just don't look at them and be like, there's no way we can beat them because I see a path where the Bucks can beat Brooklyn as currently constructed. And then to your point in my head, this feels like a one year trial of like, okay, we're not going to be able to trade you right now, but let, let's see what we can do with a fully healthy squad. Ben Simmons is finally coming back. Let's see what he can do playing maybe the four in, in Brooklyn now. Like, let's see what he can do on the court with KD and with Kyrie. And you got Seth Curry off the bench. Like, they have a team that's going to put together some wins, but um, scared of them? Not me. Not me. Yeah. So he, well, I think, you're in a perfect world again, because 
Kevin Durant's a scary player. It would have been nice if he went to the West. Yes. Uh, so, you know, you talk about Ben Simmons. I think I, I read that he's only just started playing three on three. I mean, the season's not far away. Is there any guarantee that he's going to play? I don't think so. So, yeah, so we'll wait and see how all this plays out with the Brooklyn Nets. But clearly on paper, yeah, they got a really good team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was probably worse scenarios if he somehow got traded to Philadelphia or he, you know, whatever. Miami was able to figure something out. There was probably you know, worse scenarios in terms of Eastern Conference. And, yes, even Boston. If you had Tatum and Grant yeah. and potentially Brogdon, all these players there, that would have been pretty scary as well. Because I do think that the the question mark over the chemistry, the locker room in Brooklyn is probably what leads people to believe that there's still a significant question over over Brooklyn. But if they all come back and play healthy, then, yeah, they're probably going to be a good team. So I think it'll be fascinating to see how this plays out. But I saw, or I was listening to No Dunks, which I always listen to that podcast, love that podcast, and they were talking about the fact that your schedule makers might be annoyed now that they didn't put Brooklyn on Christmas Day. But let me tell you, if you were a schedule maker and you put Brooklyn on Christmas Day, you would still be terrified that none of these guys are going to be there on Christmas Day anyway. Because you can't trust this team. You can't trust that they're all going to be there and be happy. So I, I think it's still completely the right decision that they're they're not on Christmas Day and they don't have these, these marquee national team games because uh, who knows what's going to happen in a few weeks' time. Very good point. I mean, if you even think about when the Nets got James Harden, it was all this fear, like, oh, my God, how are you going to be able to beat the the Nets with James Harden? We barely got to see that team with yeah. Harden, Kyrie, and KD together. And they looked great. <laughs> they did when they were on the court, but they just weren't on the court too often together. Yeah. So, like, you can't predict how things are going to shake out. I get why Brooklyn didn't make it to the Christmas Day slate, given all of the drama around them right now but like you said honestly who who's to know what that team will look like at that time period anyways and I mean one could argue that's the case with any NBA team because you don't know how injuries can affect anything but with the personalities in that locker room it's just a little bit more of a question mark than I than some other teams all right let us know uh, your thoughts as Camille pointed out I am 100% certain there's going to be plenty of people willing to say that we are completely crazy, Camille, and they would give up yep. anything not named Giannis for Kevin Durant. And I totally, uh, quite honestly, understand that as well. That makes perfect Same. sense to me. So as far as what this means from the odds, our friends at betonline.net have uh, clearly slashed the chances, uh, slashed the odds, I should say, for the Brooklyn Nets to win the title. So a month ago, they are at 14 to 1. Now they're uh, 15 to 2. So the 50%. The, the price has come in, so you missed your chance yesterday to uh, get on the nets there at betonline.net. The Bucks are still second favorite to win the title, only behind the Boston Celtics, who came out a little bit. Perhaps there were some people that thought that Kevin Durant was going to go to the Boston Celtics, so they are putting their money on uh, Boston there for the title. So it's Boston the favorites, followed by Milwaukee, followed by Golden State, and then the Brooklyn Nets now come in as the equal fourth favorite with the LA Clippers as well. But go to betonline.net. Uh, it's not just basketball, but there's Major League Baseball, NFL, right around the corner. Uh, Camille has a Green Bay top on right now. Uh, and then uh, hockey will be back soon, MMA, UFC, all that kind of stuff. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. 
household names, Camille. <laughs> Speaking of upsetting yes. people. Yes, yes. Uh, this part I will love to see the comments for. <laughs> now, everything I just talked about, I'm going to get flamed. I already know. Oh, don't boy. be in my like. Don't at me, y'all. <laughs> Unless you're going to be respectful, but no. Um, on Tech File tonight, we just got done recording our weekly episode and we had a conversation around household names. There was apparently a Bleacher Report um, interview with Jason Tatum uh, and they were talking about like superstars in the league and he was naming off who he thought were superstars, which led to us having a conversation about household names, which also was a Twitter conversation earlier today, I believe. Um, and it just was, who are household names in the NBA right now? And I was like, because in the 90s, of course, it was like Michael Jordan. Everybody knew who Michael Jordan was, regardless of if they watched basketball or not. It was a name you knew. We were thinking like of current NBA players, who are the household names? And I only had two that came to mind immediately. And that was LeBron James and Steph Curry. Um, and I was like, and I honestly would say like LeBron is still kind of like on a tier above Steph Curry. Because even if you look at just like Instagram followers, like LeBron has, I think, 147 million people following him on Instagram. Meanwhile, the next closest NBA player has like 47 million, which I believe is Steph Curry. So I think those are probably the two biggest household names. But I think if you live somewhere regional, like if you're in Milwaukee, I think Giannis is a big household name. If you live, you know, in Philly, Joel Embiid might be a household name for you. But I think it's kind of interesting to think about who are household names to anyone if someone does not watch basketball at all. What NBA players could they name? Well, yeah, I think so. It's interesting because as we've said, we think Giannis is the best player in the world. Mm-hmm. So the idea that he's not known by every single human on earth is hard for us really to discuss because I can't put myself in the shoes of someone that knows nothing about basketball. It's a little <laughs> bit hard for me to do. I do this podcast every day. Uh, but I will say, I've definitely had to explain a lot of times uh, with different stuff that I put on social media or whatever and Giannis is there and it's it shocks me the amount of people that ask who he is I say are you okay do you like do you have a life (laughs) so I think your point about LeBron and Steph is is correct Uh, what I will say is that every time I go to an event even here in Australia, so I think back to a couple of years ago when Team USA played in Australia. Uh, anything that's basketball related, which I know is kind of cheating a little bit, I think that the two king of the kids are Steph and Giannis because every mm. time I go to any type of, yeah, again, basketball event, and again, I know it's basketball community, so maybe it's a little bit different, uh, but the most jerseys I see. Uh, Steph and Giannis, if you go to NBA stores in Australia or sports stores in Australia, there's Giannis stuff everywhere and LeBron and, and you know, probably Steph. But I think the king of the kids are Giannis and Steph. I know that's a completely different conversation, but that does tell me that he's got to be close to yeah. a couple more years. He's only 27. Yeah, and honestly, too, I think the the Disney move rise, I think that's also going to help with him becoming right. a bigger household name as well because I feel like after that, like, for example, I think about my mom who liked the Bucks and she started watching a little bit more during the championship run. Uh, but it seems like the Rise movie really took her Giannis fandom from like, I love him. He's been here. He's cool to like, he's the greatest thing to ever exist. Like best thing since sliced bread. 
everybody needs to watch this and understand about Giannis. Like after she watched Rise, she said she spent like the next three hours just on Google looking up everything she could <laughs> about Giannis. And uh, when you have a major movie like that, especially backed by such a big studio with Disney, and now I even saw Rises on ESPN Plus, like it's being able to get your name out in that way can definitely help. And I think that's part of uh, LeBron's legacy. Like he came in the league with so much hype and he was able to live up to it. Um, he's been able to branch out into all these different ventures. What is he had a school now? He's been doing his production company and on top of him being an amazing basketball player. So the more you're able to get your face and name out there outside of the court too, I think helps with that household name aspect because we think in the nineties and Jordan, he was everywhere. Gatorade, McDonald's, <laughs> the shoes, the, like everything was Jordan. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. So when I watched Rise, and I think I told you this, and I can't remember whether I said it on the podcast or I just, it was something I thought. But I was like, for me, the movie was fine. I liked it. But mm-hmm. I also already knew, yeah, I, I knew what I was like watching. I just wanted to see how they put it on a screen. But clearly to me, and I've had friends the same thing. They said, oh, my kid's like, you know, love Giannis now. So I think that type of exposure is interesting. And I probably would have guessed if you had asked me five years ago. So it's impossible for Giannis to be on the level of LeBron because, I mean, he's been there since he was 14. Right. Whatever age. So it's impossible for Giannis to be there. But I will say, if you asked me five years ago, would I have thought that Giannis would go down the path of all these sponsorships and a Disney movie, all these things? I probably, I might have thought no. Now, I don't think he's doing it in the way where he's just selling everything. I mean, clearly the Disney movie was, you know, for him a, a family thing rather than just, you know, cheap exposure or, or a money grab, whatever you want to say. But mm-hmm. he's on the way. I'm curious to see what comes next, though. I am very curious to see what comes next. Yeah, me too. I'm looking forward to watching. I uh, also said on Tech File, just thinking about the, this Bucks run so far and Giannis and Chris and the team we have. And I was like, just again, I like to say this when we talk about great players and speaking of LeBron, even KD, we don't know how much longer we're going to be able to watch these guys perform at the level that they're performing at. So just enjoy watching them on the court. And as a Bucks fan, enjoy this team. Because if you've been a fan for a long time, it was not that long ago when, you know, we were happy to get five national TV games. And and now we're like fifth most national TV games in the league consistently. We've been playing on Christmas for the last few years. Like these are things that, I couldn't even think about 10 years ago that would be happening for this team. So just enjoy what you're watching. Not to say like you can't critique the team, of course, critique, be the coach, do all the other stuff, but also don't forget to have fun just watching the game and watching these amazing players do what they do. Because once your favorites hang it up, it's just, you ain't going to see it no more except for watching highlights and clips. That's right. So take a sick day on Thursday and watch Greece (laughs) and Serbia. Uh, two of the greats, Giannis and uh, Jokic. You have four MVPs between them. So is that the, have they got the last four, actually? They, they must. Yeah. Yeah, because Giannis was back-to-back, wasn't he? Last four MVPs, all in one game. If you're ever going to take a sick day, Thursday is the day <laughs> to do it in Milwaukee. So you know, take that on board. And by the way, I've said this a million times, but I love Kevin Durant. I love everything. I love the the, the Twitter, you know, hashtag blame KD to Pat Bev and all those types of things. Like, I love this man. And if he ever did come to Milwaukee, I would be 
very, very excited about watching about the prospect of watching Giannis and KD together. I know you feel the same, Camille, but oh, I'll get a jersey. I'll get a jersey. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's just you know the fact that it's just actually never going to happen that I don't allow myself to, and that's why it's so I'm so comfortable saying that I would not do it because I know it's not going to happen either way. But uh, interesting times, and I don't think it's necessarily. Uh, the last time that everyone will be talking about Durant and the Nets and what's to come next there. But it'll be interesting. Let us know what your thoughts were about the Bucks talking to the Nets, about the Brooklyn team moving forward. Are you scared of that? Uh, the Nets as a contender in the East to potentially uh, challenge the Bucks, Celtics, all these teams. Let us know. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, got something coming tomorrow. Got a guest on the podcast tomorrow. So uh, make sure you check that out. S- subscribe everywhere. And uh, let's leave it there, Camille, huh? We, what do you think? This it's not a bad pod. Sounds good to me. All right. Don't forget to check out the Locked On NBA podcast. By the way, they'll they'll do it in a in a less Milwaukee uh, centric <laughs> fashion. But listen to those guys. See what they have to say. Uh, we'll catch you guys tomorrow.